This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 78 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, and stay healthy, make sure to check out OnTheBanks.com for all your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. We are getting closer and closer to college football in October and college basketball in November, so make sure to head to OnTheBanks.com for everything you need to know about the return of college athletics in the Big Ten. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now listening to this episode is both safe and healthy. As I mentioned before, we are getting closer and closer to college athletics. You know, in terms of the revenue sports, college football returns first uh, late October, and then college basketball begins second in late November. Now, regards to college basketball, we witnessed a historic season for Rutgers men's basketball last year, and there is so much to be excited about, even if we aren't going to be able to attend games in person at the rack. Joining me to take a look back at last season and preview the 2020-2021 year is the head coach of Rutgers men's basketball, Steve Peichel. Rutgers basketball this season would have, without a doubt, made the NCAA tournament. They would have reached that goal, and we would have seen this program accomplish a feat that hadn't happened in almost 30 years. Unfortunately, coronavirus and the pandemic put an end almost instantaneously to the season, stripping the team of that opportunity. You know, nevertheless, this team has so many returning pieces and is primed to make another NCAA tournament run and hopefully, and I don't want to jinx it, go into the second weekend and beyond. Look, it will surely be a strange season, as you'll hear Coach and I discuss, but as you listen to our conversation, I think you'll come away with some pretty similar thoughts that I came away with. All the obstacles this team faced last year and all the obstacles and everything thrown in their lap that they had to deal with this offseason... They have, and they will continue to make them stronger. And I believe that we are in for a very special season in 2020-2021 as Rutgers looks to go dancing once again. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. Coming off their best season in almost three decades, Rutgers basketball looks to continue their success in what will surely be an odd year of college basketball. Joining me now to discuss last year and look ahead to this season is the head coach of Rutgers basketball, Steve Peichel. Coach, how are you? Thanks so much for joining me and giving me some time today. Well, Lance, I, pre- I appreciate you having me on and uh, very excited to talk, uh, talk to you and talk to Rutgers Nation. So, Coach, I want to first ask about all the changes that came with this pandemic, right? You went to seeing your team every day to not being able to see your guys at all for an extended period of time. What was the adjustment like? How did you change what you did and just your program overall to adapt to this new normal of social distance and communicating really only through technology? Yeah, you know, again, uh, there was no playbook for a pandemic, that's for sure. So there was nothing I could fall back on in my coaching career. Um you know, to kind of prepare you for this. But, uh, you know, the number one thing, always the responsibility of, of, of my staff and, and, and Rutgers basketball and Rutgers athletics is 
the safety and wellness of our student-athletes. So we predicated all the decisions we made around that. Um, we were fortunate. We got our team, you know, back um, in June, and we kind of lived through this pandemic with our team and with the new social distancing and how it affected our building and all the uh, testing, too, that went on. And we kind of, uh, I think we're getting better as time goes on to kind of figuring it out a little bit. But uh, uh, we got through the summer. Um, I think we improved a lot, too, and that was our, our our standard, which we wanted to do. And then the other thing we wanted to do was make sure our guys stayed uh, safe and healthy, and they have done that. So, uh, you know, challenging times, but uh, we're moving forward. And you said it yourself, right? There's no playbook, no handbook to all of this for really anybody of how to act during a pandemic, especially, you know, you as coaches and the student athletes. But I think the players really made the most of their time away, right? We saw Geo's step back challenge that was all over social media. Paul started the Grateful Four Foundation. I think the team really used the time away to continue developing on and off the floor. In regards to that off-season development, how were you and the staff able to help them during the time away so that when everyone was set to return to in-person activities, the players were physically and mentally ready, and maybe that rust from being away for so long wasn't necessarily there? Well, I will tell you, you know, I have a great staff, so it takes your staff to, you know, uh, do a really good job. Um, no matter where the guys were, some of them were here on campus, uh, others were at home, um, really just focusing on their strength and conditioning. We have a terrific, uh, Dave Van Dyke does a terrific job in that area. Um, nutrition, you know, always a key, key to development of, of young student athletes. And we have a terrific uh, uh, nutritionist. And then Rich, our trainer, kept them healthy, whether they were here or, or on the road, and kept them up to speed on all the things they needed to do uh, medically. Um, so it was a team effort and again our our staff is really good and spent a lot of time you know with our players making sure they were doing the right things to keep their bodies and their minds in the right place to get ready for a season so coach let's look back at last season you guys did everything necessary for this program to make the ncaa tournament for the first time in almost 30 years but because of the pandemic the season was canceled ending your chance at achieving that goal is what happened last season having your really accomplishment taken away from you is that used as the motivation you know something that's widely talked about by the group or is it one of those unfortunate events that's just kind of left in the past and not really harped on as much as you get ready for this coming season yeah you know i've really learned in 30 years of coaching that you know uh, last year has nothing to do with this year so i mean some of the same players are back but um, you know, every year is different. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. We're in the middle of social injustice. We're in the middle of a lot of challenging times for our student athletes. So um, as much as last year was a you know big step for us and, and the guys did a really good job of, of coming together and, and in the best league in the country, too. Um, um, you know, that doesn't help us at all with this season. This season's brought all kinds of different challenges already. And uh, we're going to have to do a great job of navigating all the challenges that this year brings. And so I'm looking forward to that. We, we like to attack those things. And, and this year brings a lot more, um, you know, challenges. And hopefully as a group, we're going to really decide that we want to have a great season like we did last year. So last year, you mentioned often that Rutgers was picked to finish 12th in the league. You know, you were not looked at as a Big Ten contender, and that was, to use, I guess, a cliche, the kind of bulletin board material you used as sort of like a rallying cry for the team and the fan base. Well, now this season, you are a contender. 
you know, most offseason rankings, and granted, they're only rankings and polls, but they have Rutgers in the top four or five of the conference and have your group ranked in the top 25 to begin the year. What's the adjustment like of being an underdog, you know, not being expected to beat the top teams in conference to now being one of those top teams with a target on your back and having teams coming to the rack or you going on the road trying to knock you off and catch Rutgers? Yeah, I mean, I think in the growth of your program, there's always changes. And, and, and now, um, you know, the obstacle is to play with expectations, you know, so it's a whole different obstacle. Um, we started to play last year with expectations. So I think you're going through the first time we've ever been ranked and having a home winning streak. You know, we had to kind of figure out, you know, some of those challenges and hopefully, you know, those challenges that we overcome last year will help us, you know, with the new challenges that we have this year. But, you know, the biggest challenge, I think, for all college basketball is, you know, who can navigate COVID? Like, who does the best job of navigating, um, you know, this virus? Um, who stays out of quarantine? Who stays out away from, you know, the virus? I mean, that's going to be, you know, a real key to, to this season. And I think it's for any team to have success this year. You're going to have to do a great job of navigating this virus. And like, you know, we have seen with college football, teams and universities have struggled with that. Games have been postponed and canceled. And I think it was Virginia Tech, actually, this past weekend, over 20 or maybe even 25 guys couldn't play due to the coronavirus, whether they had it or it was contact tracing. What are you and your staff communicating to the players about managing this virus and about making sure they stay safe and away from situations that could potentially make them susceptible to attracting it? I mean, we just try to educate them on all the stories that we hear and about other teams in the country and, um, you know, some of the actions that led to their postponing games and, um, you know, some of the actions that led to them having guys out um, with the virus. You know, and, and the ramifications once you do get the virus, and our league is 21 days now, uh, 14 days in quarantine, and then seven days to get you back up and running again. So that's a huge part of your season um, when you start breaking it down. So try to remind our guys that they try to do a really good job being educated. They got to wear their mask, obviously, a huge part of this. Um, and, um, you know, I think the teams that are going to navigate it are going to have a chance to have a really good season. And the teams that are going to struggle with it are, are going to struggle to have any kind of consistency going into the year. And do you think that there's, I guess, a benefit for Rutgers because it's one of Rutgers is one of the schools where students aren't on campus at least for this fall semester, and we'll see what the spring obviously brings. But students aren't on campus in the fall. You have other schools where where students are, and obviously that leads to student athletes for whatever sport it might be you know, intermingling, whether it be with classes or outside of classes with the general student population, do you think it helps for Rutgers and for your program that the students, obviously you want the students at the games and you want the students, you know, to be a part of the program, but does it help at least in this situation that students aren't on campus that, you know, there isn't that intermingling uh, of the student body and of course all the student athletes that represent, you know, Rutgers University? Yeah, I mean, the, the hard part of this virus is you can get it from one person, you know, you don't necessarily have to be at functions with a lot of people. I mean, that's certainly... Uh, increases your chances of, of contracting the virus. But, um, you know, our guys have to continue to be smart and how they handle it. Know that there's a virus out there. It's an invisible virus. Uh, and make great decisions, you know, at, at all times, um, whether the students here or, or there aren't students, whether you're in the grocery store or you're in a restaurant. So um, it's a constant reminder to them and, and, and hopefully – um, you know, we'll do a great job of navigating, you know, COVID. And if that's the case, we give ourselves a really good chance to have a really good year. 
And look, you know, with a higher ranking comes higher expectations. And you mentioned that they've kind of uh, grew last year, those expectations. But they certainly were expectations that Rutgers basketball hasn't faced in a very long time. Really, the whole question about expectations. What's your message to the team about the raised hopes uh, of media and fans and how and how have they dealt with it? Because with those raised expectations, of course, comes that added outside pressure. Yeah, I mean, student-athletes nowadays have to deal with that all the time. So um, I think, you know, they understand that. I mean, that phone is a big part of their lives. And, you know, uh, you know, hopefully we've done a really good job of educating them on, uh, you know, putting the thing down and, and, and striving for the goals that you have um, and, you know, making, making great decisions. But there's always going to be, you know, expectations. We have them internally. We have since I've gotten here. Um, you know, with our program and, and who we want to be and what we want to do, you know, with our seasons. I think when you get a collective group together and they have those same goals um, and aspirations and they work hard and they sacrifice, you know, you know, really good things can happen. And, you know, I like the fact that we have expectations. I hope moving forward we always have those, you know, for our program. Uh, but doesn't mean you're going to have those kind of years. Um, you know, you got to strive hard every year, stay healthy, uh, work together, sacrifice, be unselfish, all the things that go into making really good, you know, basketball teams. And I'm watching the Miami game last night, the NBA game, and I, I see all those qualities. They're tough. They're hardworking. They share the ball, um, you know, and, and they end up beating, you know, Celtics. And, uh, you know, they may not have the most talented team in the NBA, but, boy, they play well together. And, and, and they are going to give the Lakers some problems. But I see those qualities, you know, in that team. And, you know, try to share some of those lessons with, 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 with our team. So I want to take a look at your roster now for the 2020-2021 season. You brought in four freshmen, Oscar Palmquist, who, of course, enrolled back in January, so he's kind of been here, Dean Reber, uh, Moat Mag, and Cliff Amari. How has the transition from high school been for them in this really unprecedented time with online classes and not many other students on campus? And what has impressed you and what excites you about each of the four? Um, you know, I'm really excited about all four of them. I mean, they had all had good summers. Um, they all had challenges too. You know, at, at Oscar at one point uh, couldn't get back into the country from Sweden because of the travel ban. And Moat coming from California too, which is on the travel list. And same with North Carolina too. So they all had challenges before they got here. But the, the first thing that excites me physically, they are really good, um, and they are tremendously coachable and really good kids. So. All the things I thought we were getting when we recruited them, we certainly have gotten. They've done a really nice job of blending, you know, in with the team. Their sizes, is, you know, Cliff is seven feet, Dean is six ten. Their athletic as could be Oscar six eight, and and, and Mawaz six seven. So physically, they are ready to ready to play. Um, you know, now they just got to learn the system. They got to have the veteran guys really help them, you know, catch up uh, on a lot of things. And, and again, they got to stay healthy, and they got to make sure they do a good job in year one navigating virtual learning and all the different things that they got to, to navigate. So excited very much about our, our freshman class. And you do lose from last year two of your captains in Shaq Carter and Aquasi Yaboa, both of whom, you know, of course, played crucial roles and important minutes for your team last season. So, Coach, a two-part question. First, what's the challenge like of replacing just the leadership traits that they possessed? And second, how do you plan to fill their production on the floor with, obviously, Shaq as an inside presence alongside Miles and Aquasi as a three-point, you know, outside, inside kind of player? Yeah, I mean, they're two really good 
two really good seniors, first of all, and very unselfish and, and really good pieces of our chemistry. Those guys, every every time they came to practice, they were ready to practice. They were great voices in the locker room. They were really well-liked guys. Um, so we're going to miss a lot, and, and both of them are going to play overseas. Um, so they're professional-level guys. So we're certainly going to miss those guys. But I always say, you know, with absence comes opportunity. And um, there's certainly opportunity for other guys to step up and some of our veteran guys to play more minutes. So I think guys are excited about that. I think we've added some tremendous depth in our front court, you know, with Miles and, and, and today's uh, Mamadou Decore's birthday. So wish him a happy birthday um, today. But, uh, you know, he's a veteran. Same with Miles. And then we've added two younger players in Cliff and Cliff and Dean into our front court. Um, they bring different kinds of talent uh, sets to, to the front court. And then we've added wing players. You know, Malak can play the wing. And, um, you know, also Oscar's a versatile, you know, wing player, too, to go along with, you know, all the guys that we have back with the Montezes and with the Ron Harpers and uh, Paul Mulcahy's and, and Caleb McConnell. So, um, you know, really looking forward. They're competing in practice. Our com- practices are way more competitive. So I think our depth is better. And, you uh, you know, guys are going to have to step up, you know, and step up in a lot of ways to replace those two senior captains. I think Gio and Ron are one of the best duos, not only in the Big Ten, but the entire country. You know, teams will game plan to not let Ron or Gio beat them and take over games like they did so often in the past few years. Is that something you need to talk to them about, about being the focal point of the opposing team's game plan? And how do you and they together kind of counter that if teams try to take them away offensively? Yeah, I mean, the nice part of our team last year, we had nine different guys lead us in scoring. So, um, you know, I, I really think we're a hard team to just focus on one or two players. I think that's what made us very difficult. Other coaches in the league said that was the hardest thing to prepare for last year. You didn't know if it was Jacob Young's night or if it was going to be Caleb McConnell's or Montez Mathis or uh, Miles Johnson. So, um, you know, to have a balanced scoring attack, which we had, you know, last year, which I hope we have this year, um, you know, I think it makes it more difficult for us to key on. But I think those two players, too, are used to having the best players guard them. Um, I think they're veterans now. They've been through a little bit of everything in, in their career, and they're very talented guys, and, and they're very unselfish, um, you know, guys. So, um, you know, I look forward to the growth of this year's team, and I think we should, you know, we'll have more guys that can be leading scorers in games. Um, I really do believe that. And two guys I want to ask you about, uh, Jacob Young and Paul Mulcahy, I think for whatever, for each of their individual reasons, I should say, they started last year off slowly, obviously Jacob having not played for over a year before last season, and Paul obviously making that transition as a freshman, their seasons got off more slowly, but I think they really started to take off as the years gone on, or as the year went on, excuse me, what excites you most as they now Paul going into his sophomore year, Jacob having, you know, not had this year-long break now. What excites you most about them two? Because I think they really started to assert themselves both offensively and defensively as the games went on and as the year went on and became, you know, really crucial parts of the of the, you know, of the formula for this team. Without without a doubt, both guys huge roles in us really improving our program last year. You know, I do think it's like anything, you know, your first year in a place is tough. Like you you're learning a lot of new stuff. You're going academically, learning stuff. And, and Jacob had 365 days of not playing basketball, you know, competitive. So, um, you know, I think it's a sign of, of a good program. And it's a credit to both those players. They just kept getting better. Um, and at the end of the year, valuable guys, you know, to our rotation, obviously. 
Um, they both had really good summers, so I'm excited about the improvements. Now they're kind of veteran guys. Uh, they're in a little different space, you know, mentally. And with the program, they know, you know, our defenses, our offenses. They know my philosophy. Um, you know, and, and, and I expect those two guys to have really good seasons. They, they've improved a ton through the course of the summer. You finished last year, Coach, with a win at Purdue, going to Mackey Arena, one of the hardest places to really play in the country, and you beat the Boilers in overtime. It was well chronicled last year, the struggles on the road, but you were able to get that win that really assured an NCAA tournament berth, you know, of course, had it happened. Even though the seasons change and that win now happened, you know, six, seven months ago, could a victory like that kind of be a monkey off your back moment? Could it carry over to this coming year and now give your guys confidence that they could go on the road this season and win? You know, I mean, I look at all the teams in our league, and a lot of teams didn't win a lot of games on the road. I, I think it's more of a credit to our league. We played one of the toughest road schedules in the conference. You know, when, you, when you're playing at the Iowas of the world and at the Michigan States of the world, but these are tough places with packed houses and really good coaches and really good players. But, um, you know, the Purdue game certainly was uh, an unbelievable game and, and, and uh, really excited about how we prepared for that game and how we went about you know, finishing that game off and overtime and, you know, with all the big shots that everybody hit and the big defensive stops and all that, that stuff. So um, nothing really carries over to this year. Um, you know, this is a whole new year. It's going to take a whole new set of circumstances. It's going to take a, a whistle from a referee, a block charge call. Again, guys staying healthy. Um, you know, I like where our program has gone and, and it's gotten better and better over the last few years. And I want to just continue it on that trajectory to, you know, being one of the better programs in the country and year in and year out. And, and part of that is having to go on the road in the best league in the country and, and win games. And that's not an easy task. Coach, a couple more from me. You know, this will be a strange year and it's looking more and more likely that there will be at most very few fans in the stands and frankly, more likely that most arenas will be empty. You know, obviously an 18 and one record at the rack last year, but each court, no matter the venue, whether it's the rack, whether it's uh, Mackey Arena, Chrysler Arena, whatever it is, no matter the venue, the, the court is the same width and the same length. So the playing surface itself stays the same. You know, with all that said, is home court advantage this season gone? You know, is home court advantage really a thing this year? Or is it now just a non-factor if there are no fans in the stands? Well, I mean, again, never went through this. So we'll all have to figure this out. But I always think, you know, your home court is where you shoot, where you play the most games, where you feel the most comfortable, where you sleep in your bed. You know, sometimes those things are are important. But the other part of it is, is, you know, sometimes with a lot of fans, your focus isn't on some of the things that you need to do on the basketball court. And I've spoken to a few NBA guys, and they, they've told me that the focus of the players down in that bubble has been unbelievable because they haven't had all the distractions and, 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 and what have you that come with tickets and come with games and, and what have you. So um, maybe we could flip the script here. I hate the fact that I think we got the best place in the country to play and the best venue, the hardest place to play. So we won't have that advantage anymore, but, but hopefully uh, all Rutgers nation will be watching on TV and cheering us on and showing their support like they've done through all the years. Um, but maybe we can be more focused now at home and maybe um, we can we can make this a real positive for us because, you know, I don't know if uh, this is going to change anytime soon. And, and, and hopefully uh, uh, when we go on the road, we can have a great focus that maybe we didn't have in the past. So uh, we'll see what those challenges of no fans bring. So I'll let you know soon after. We start doing it. <laughs> 
Coach, last one for me. Your guys have spoken out over this offseason for racial justice and social justice and against the systemic racism we see today. You know, Gio, Miles, Quasi, Luke Nathan, as well as many others have been vocal on social media, participating in rallies and protests, and have made their voices heard. How important is it for them to use the platform they have as student-athletes to express their opinions, to peacefully protest, and to shed light on the issues that we see in America today? Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of their generation and part of the obligation, you know, of their generation to uh, speak out, um, you know, when there's wrongs uh, in the world. And I'm real proud of them, how they've gone about it and how they've done it, like you said, peacefully and, and respectfully. Um, so I'm real proud. That's another thing that's been kind of thrown in their laps the last six or seven months, along with the pandemic and Kobe Bryant dying and you know, canceling the NCAA tournament in our season, you know, they've had a lot and uh, I'm real proud of, of how they've handled each one. And um, they need to continue to do that because when they see something that's wrong, they need to speak out. Coach Peichel and the Rutgers men's basketball program begin their season in late November as they look to continue the success that they reached last year. Coach, I really appreciate the time. I know all Rutgers fans are rooting for you this year. All Rutgers fans, if there won't be any fans in the stands, will be watching and glued to their TVs every time. Good luck when the season begins, and I most importantly hope you and your team and your family stay safe and stay healthy during this time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for uh, having me on. I miss everybody, and I hope we get to see each other very soon here. Thanks. I want to thank Coach Peichel for coming on the podcast and taking some time to talk Rutgers men's basketball. This team had a special season last year, and there's no reason why they can't replicate it beginning in November. While the losses of Akwazi and Shaq will hurt, Coach Peichel, as he has done every season, will retool and bring in pieces to help curb the loss of the two senior captains. Coach brought up a real interesting point when we discussed the virus and how it will affect the season. The Big Ten mandates that anyone who catches the virus must be out for at least three weeks, 21 days from competition. In a season like this that is pushed together, missing three weeks is a pretty significant chunk of the year. Coach stated that the teams that can manage this virus best will have the best chance at success, and frankly, I couldn't agree more. While we just want to focus on basketball when the season starts, this virus just plays such a crucial role in really each team's success. It really has the potential to take a top-of-the-conference team and turn them into a middle-of-the-conference or bottom-of-the-league group if that team does not take care of themselves when it comes to the virus. Look, there are still a lot of questions to be answered regarding the season, and those answers I'm sure will come out soon, but for now, we can start to get the juices flowing as we anticipate the return of Rutgers basketball. Last season was fun. It was special. And regardless of fans or no fans in attendance this year, I think this season will be the same. Will the rack be as loud? No. Will students be waiting online to try and get tickets to the so often sold out student section? No. But Coach Peichel has built this program into a true contender in the Big Ten Conference, and I can't wait to watch from home, screaming my head off, as I'm sure everyone will. I know I can't wait to watch all the success that this team has this year here on the Banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.